Hello and welcome to Canberra Metalheads. Uh, this is season four, episode one. Back up into season four, we're getting getting deeper in the numbers. I uh, got JDK here, you know, and uh, we also got George from um, Disentomb. Man, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for for getting back to me. You guys were kind of, um, I think, one of the more recent announcements for the Canberra Metal Fest lineups. Um, mm. And I was actually uh, messaging some of my buddies in the scene, and I was just like, "Man, it's been too long since I've seen Disentomb in Canberra." So it was really cool to uh, get you get you on the on the show so that we could see you on the lineup as well. So yeah, really cool. It's sort of everything sort of fell into place. Yeah, look, we're um, I can't even remember the last time we played in Canberra. Um, you know, obviously it's been at least two years, but I think it's been like three or four years from. Oh, I honestly can't remember. So we're keen to um, to get back there. We've got a lot of fond memories of actually playing at the basement, and we've always had an awesome time there. And we're just keen to sort of start playing shows again because obviously the last eighteen months essentially is just been you know we've only played two shows in that time between lockdowns so we're pretty keen to all just like meet up again and see each other and have a weekend um playing a show so yeah it's gonna be good yeah it should be a good one man um like you said it like it feels like two but it could be three maybe four like yeah, the last couple of years are just all a big blur really did you yeah, get to, i can't remember what happened before 2019 <laughs> or yeah. That, that was our last actual proper tour was in the US and we got back and then a few months later COVID happened so um yeah did you guys tour the decaying light yeah the only tour we did for oh, the decaying yeah. was that one US tour um you know oh and we did an Australian and New Zealand tour as well in July and August like it came out in July 2019 and then we managed to hit up all of um all the most of the cities in Australia bar Canberra and we um, went over to New Zealand, then the US, and then, you know, everything sort of changed. And so <laughs> we kind of didn't get too much of an opportunity to promote it over in Europe or anything. So it's, it's mainly been, um, that, that was it, pretty much it for that album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you get some, um, like we uh, chatted to some of the other bands on the lineup for this one. And, and this is, I think, you guys will be like the... Um, the last band um, that we release in our leading up to Canberra Metal Fest series. Um, so um, the other bands that we've chatted to have sort of said like we release anyone that released an album within that time like is sort of had if they did some dates prior to the um, restrictions and lockdowns they're like still continuing to reschedule those. So it's like they're still doing a tour from an album that they've been touring for like two years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's um, that's probably not going to be the case so much for us because we have released, I guess we released like a, a new single last year, just a brand new one, mm. just because, um, oh, sorry, this year. Uh, well, actually at the start of 2021. Um, so by the time people listen to this technically last year. But um, look, I, I think we've just sort of, we're just going to keep moving forward with new music and we're, we're pretty used to being that band that tours an album for five years like our album misery was out for five years between misery and the decaying light and we toured that an insane amount of times you know so 
that, that's not too out of um, the ordinary for us. I think um, one of the first times I seen you guys was like in that sort of early, uh, early maybe just after Misery. Um, yeah. Uh, sort of came out. And um, yeah, that was like, I think the first time that I actually seen the the wave of heavier music so there's like the um the, like everybody you know you you think you hear the heaviest type of music and then you sort of like something yeah. else will come out like a, a psychroptic fan so you listen to like the 90s style of heavy and then technical and then it starts to like flow into before you know it you're listening to bands like this and tomb and um and um the um the, we mentioned before off mic um the um, bands like Honest Crooks being like the local sort of um, heavy band. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was good. It was sort of like I guess Disentomb was the first band I heard in that heavier level that like sort of knocked it mm. up a notch. Um, and I feel like a lot of people are in that sort of same boat. What's it like to go out and see people experience you guys for the first time? Yeah, it, it's a it's a big kick actually. Like. You know, we're just playing a style of music, brutal death metal. That's essentially it's just a style of death metal that originated sort of mainly in California in the late 90s. And we've just sort of taken that and put our own spin on it. But for, we've never been a band that just does brutal death tours or, you know, small underground tours. Like, to be honest, we just want to play as much as we can in front of as many people as we can. And we don't really cook care too much about the bands that we tour along alongside with as long as they're good people and i think that's been one of the the things where we've been able to experience you know sort of providing that shock to people because we'll tour a lot with um i guess you know bands that are mostly sort of deathcore you know sometimes when we do european tours well we've done brutal death tours but we've done ones with a lot of sort of i guess more mainstream um bands on the heavier side of things and when they go from you know listening to a band like Carnifex and then you know they see us come out on stage just for sort of Australians and just rip straight into some brutal death metal it's uh it's always a bit of a kick to see people's reactions or and especially just with our live show we try and make sure it it looks as violent and as chaotic as you know as it may sound to some people so yeah that, that's kind of yeah it's always a lot of fun to do that come out on stage and just unleash yeah dude i'm actually um I, I won't turn this into the honest crook show but i was like saying before about um callum mentioning to me is like oh man i um when i got the guest vocals from jordan i was just sort of like on stage i turn around he was right there and the stage is such your stage presence is such like a heavy persona um mm. and I think that that's true with like a lot of bands there's sort of like you can there's like the off stage like hey how you going you want me to sign your shirt no worries thanks for coming out and then the on stage like um sort of like more demonstrous um yeah. stage show do you find it um you do you have that kind of like on stage persona versus off stage oh like i definitely don't act like how i act on stage uh off stage <laughs> i think i'd be um in a straight jacket or you know, <laughs> concerns for my safety. But in terms of like, I think it goes for everyone in Disentomb. We're all pretty chilled out guys. And I think that's probably why we enjoy touring with each other so much is 
you know, we don't have egos. We just enjoy laughing and we're, you know, everything's just always a pretty fun time just between the four of us and just a lot of inside jokes and happy to chat to anyone who's, you know, whether they're a fan of the band or a fan of other bands playing that night, you know, just pretty, um, pretty just sort of happy for people. And then obviously when we get on stage, we, it goes back to sort of wanting it to wanting there to be a, a visual element that matches the, the, um, the oral one where, you know, it needs to be punishing. It needs to look violent and needs to sound crazy. And, um, but yeah, there's definitely like you, you get amped up before a show and you sort of understand that, you know, that's, you know, when I said before, use the word unleash before I, that definitely is sort of an opportunity where you get to, um, you know, feel like you unleash and it's a bit of a workout. So. Yeah. No, yeah. No, it's um definitely definitely a workout um in in the pit, man. I'm getting to the point where I'm like on the edge and like I'll I'll jump in every now and then, but like I just um I feel like if I do a full set in the pit, especially at like a festival or something, I'm um uh, I might not make it to the next one. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad there's people that do it because um you know I'm 31 now and I don't see well to be honest, I haven't been to a proper show in a while, but. I haven't, um, there's certain times I'll sort of get into the crowd for some bands, but I'm just, don't have the energy anymore these days, to be honest. <laughs> we, um, oh no, looks like we've lost him. No, back. That's you know, good. No, that's, that's, that's you, Jay. Ah, uh, sorry. No, it's all good, man. We got, we got it. Um, we, um, we, we've seen like uh, over the years like that we've done this show obviously more, more gigs become um more and more crazy depending on um the crowd or whatever like my so i actually work at the basement um as well and just over the years the things i've seen like for from like pit work and stuff we said previously on the show that um uh there's a story where like Matt Young had these guys up the back when the King Parrot was playing, they were playing pool and um, basically he wanted them to come up the front. So he just has the wireless mic goes up the back and knocks the black ball into the hole so that they had to like come up and watch the, watch the show. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah. A bastard, <laughs> oh, I think, I think I saw, I think I was there for that show. Or oh, I remember hearing something about that. I yeah, I mean, a King Parrot show is going to be pretty wild one, isn't it? You know, yeah. So, especially back in the day when Youngie would sort of be there and everywhere. Yeah. Um, Before Jay did, decided to drop out all of a sudden, um, that's what happened. See, he's he's south side, I'm north side of Canberra. They must have the worst in the like the I must have the better internet connection. Um, yeah, yeah. Up this end, but yeah, um, we're saying about. Um, live gigs and people sort of um not being up the front and like you know people wanting to get like singers and and band members wanting to get everyone up the front dude i um so we'll chat about um youngie from king parrot he's on the stage he does a stage dive and it was just like early king parrot before everyone kind of knew that was like their thing and being in yeah, yeah. a show obviously um on top of that there wasn't this was like early days of the basement when there wasn't like a like you know, hundreds of people turning up to a King Parrot show, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, 
Youngie does the stage dive jumps and everyone sort of moves and I'm just in the middle of it. So he jumps, lands and basically flops over my shoulder. So I'm just spinning around in circles <laughs> with him like over my shoulder. But I didn't yeah. he didn't he ju- he um didn't drink, right? So I get him to the bar and I sit him on the bar and I'm mm. like, what do you want? He's still singing, right? And he's like, No, I, I got um I don't drink. I was just like, I put him back on my shoulder and took him back and put him on the stage. So Yeah, yeah. But- I think um I think a lot of people assumed Youngie must drink just by seeing some of those shows and seeing how chaotic it is, but it makes it even more badass knowing that he's sober while doing it. Yeah, that's it, man. Like, well, I've seen... Um, so, I, th- I think between King Parrot and Cycropti is probably the two bigger, like, um, bands that I've seen the most at, at the basement um, in my years yeah. of work in there. And I've seen bands come for a long way over those years. Um, with, um, like, the success from Disentomb, was there ever, like, a moment that sort of, like, you just noticed that you're starting to, like, really get traction and momentum or was it more of a gradual process? Uh, I'd say it's more of a gradual process because every time, you know, something sort of sick happened along the way um, in the journey, like with this and tomb so far, we've just kind of been like, Oh fuck, that's awesome. You know, we kind of never had any sort of, and then we just sort of say what's next and try and do that. And, you know, but we've been appreciative of all the insane stuff that's happened over the years. I mean, like we were, only a band for two years when we played overseas for the first time and mm. um, when we played Mounts, Mountains of Death Festival in Switzerland and did a UK tour. And to be honest, that was more than we ever thought we'd achieve at that point. Yep. Um, so we've kind of always had low expectations, just sort of just taking it one step at a time. And, but yeah, it's been sick, I guess, over the years to see it continuing to grow, just, you know, more people coming out, more people buying merch, that sort of thing, and and checking out the music, you know, and kind of that definitely helps as a motivator of continuing to do things, you know. We'd do it regardless, to be honest, because we just enjoy doing it um, and just writing music with, you know, our mates. But it's even sicker that, you know, we can see every time we put something out, you know, there's more people that are listening to it or, or getting into it, you know. Um, that definitely helps. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's like, a, I don't know. I think that the like the, either way is good, but like the gradual approach is more of like a. Um, I don't know. I feel like that it's the the followers are more likely to to retain you retain followers from like a more gradual yeah. approach. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that, but I think at the same time we just never had an expectation for like we understand that the music we play is incredibly niche um you know we play a sub genre of a sub genre like you know like brutal death metal so i think we never had any unreal we know the music is obscure and weird so i don't think we ever had any sort of expectations to even do any of half of the things that we've we've managed to do um and that's probably just made everything even more special. Like when we get to play some insane shows and some really cool places around the world, it's just sort of, that's a hundred times more than what we thought we would ever do writing, um, you know, brutal death metal with a lot of blasting in it and indecipherable vocals and <laughs> riffs that you can't really sort of understand what's going on. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> where um, we, we never thought we would sort of, there was going to be any sort of moment where just a lot of people got into it because naturally <laughs> it's not that sort of music. Yeah. Well, it's... I don't know. I th- like I said, I feel like you once you once you find that niche or you get those followers from that um, that like that particular type of music, they tend to be like a bit more loyal. I think I think in general, just in the metal scene, you don't sort of have like um, flyby followers. It's not like something where people are just like, oh, I'm just into this because it's like the flavor of the month or whatever. It's yeah. Oh, I definitely agree with that. I. Yeah. You know, people who listen to the music, you know, for, for us anyways, it's always been a lot of people will continue being fans. I guess, to be honest, it's good. Like, to us, Brutal Death bands and Brutal Death is super cool. But it's not cool. Like, you know, in terms of what, like, a lot of people consider cool, you know, it, it's not cool music. So I think if you're listening to it and it's incredibly abrasive music to listen to, you know, no one listens to that. Oh, I, I think it's hard to find poses with especially brutal death metal because it's like, why would someone waste their time listening to um, music they didn't enjoy that, you know, is incredibly abrasive, but also not considered by many to be cool. So um, I think the people that have definitely become fans of Disentomb, at least are, uh, you know, we've always been very lucky to have the support of them because, I, I, you know, why, why would you listen to it any other way? You know, it's uh, it's pretty weird music when you break it, when you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I, um, um, who is the, um, the Bacteria of This Earth was the album. I forgot the, um, the band name. For- mm. Anyway, um, I was just walking past a small bar here in Canberra, and I could just hear um, Miasma. Yeah. Um, Blasty. And I don't know if you've heard of those guys. They're like uh, sort of, I think, Northern Territory. They were just randomly in Canberra for like one night. They are on their way through on a, like a mini yeah. tour. Yeah. And, um, I was walking back from, from a bar shift at the basement, and there's like another smaller bar just down the road, um, mm. which obviously – they wanted to probably wanted to book the basement, but they like it must have been for another gig or whatever. So that they go for mm. the next best thing, which is a bar down the road, which only has like a, you know, like a hundred capacity or whatever, and it's like an mm. Irish bar, so it's like long, thin, sort of like pub. Yeah. And I just I'm used to hearing like random like you know Irish flute music and stuff coming out of this bar as I walk past. I think they mm. serve Guinness on tap, that kind of bar, you know what I'm talking about? And, yeah. Um, yeah, I just hear this, yeah, I hear this music just blasting out of it, and I go in there, and I'm like, wow, this is insane. And they're like, yeah, we just released this album, and, you know, yeah. buy a ticket, you get a copy of it. And I'm like, dude, yeah. Like, I just bought the, like, I, I walk yeah, in, sick. get it, and, yeah, it's just so funny how things like that just stumble, you just stumble on. It's a good surprise. No, I've definitely heard of Miasma. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm pretty sure we've played with them too, uh, Blackened, but I can't remember exactly. But no, I've definitely heard of them. They seem to always be getting about yeah. and doing well. Yeah, well, if they're coming from, I believe, Alice Springs um, to do a gig in Canberra, it just shows the devotion. Yeah, definitely. That's it's insane. <laughs> um, but we, we were... Um, 
going to uh, also cover off some of the um, some of the band sort of a bit more bit more insights to the band. Now you're one of the original members, I believe. Everybody is except for the bass guitarist. Is that right? Yeah, Henry, Jake, and I. We've been in the band since its inception, and Adrian came on board in 2016. Um, so we've had three different bassists, and um, Adrian definitely looks like he's going to be the last because he's just the perfect fit for the band, both, you know, personality wise. And he's also just one of the most insane musicians out there. So yeah. Um, and he's a little bit younger than us, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's Henry, Jake and I that have been doing it from the beginning. Yeah. Awesome. And it's good to, I know that sometimes a lineup change can be positive, but it's also good to have such a solid original lineup. Um, you know, yeah. minus one member but like i i know some some bands where like the singer's the only original from like beginning to end so mm. um, well to be honest the band would be completely stuffed if i was the only original member of the band um i'm the least talented <laughs> of the four by you know <laughs> an incredible amount so uh it's thank god we have jake henry and adrian in the band how does that go with uh, writing? You said that, um, like, obviously, the, the the type of music that you guys are smashing out and having such a technical aspect. Um, who is sort of how's the what's the writing process like? Uh, it, it's it's changed over the years. So the first album, Sunken Chambers and Nephilim, was written pretty much, you know, mainly by Jake, but a lot of the drum stuff was written by henry as well and we kind of jammed that a lot because we were all in university we were teenagers when we wrote that so we had a lot of spare time and everything and then the second album um misery in 2014 that was very similar in the way we wrote it but also um you know it was still still a lot of it was jammed and then you've got the decaying light where to be honest jake i think wrote the majority of that um himself and then you know bits and pieces were sort of changed by henry and myself or suggested but a lot of it was you know singularly written by jake um and even a lot of the drum stuff and then henry sort of changes what he feels needs to be added in there and then with the latest single that we released um broken under your symbol of atonement that was just a one-off single that was written both by adrian and jake so this is sort of adrian's first time being involved in the writing with this in term yeah. um so yeah it's always I, I would say probably been pretty guitar driven yeah yep. the, the writing process and it looks to be continued that way um but i, I would say you know this in terms always been a guitar driven band like the riffs so that's sort of no surprise there yeah, awesome, man. It's uh, interesting to hear a little bit more behind the scenes. Um, mm. Now, with the uh, episode, usually what we'll do is we have like because uh, this this goes out onto YouTube and um, and then the audio of the episode goes onto all the podcasting platforms. Um, yeah. Would are you happy for me to use like a thirty second sample from one of the songs as the intro and outro? Yeah, man, that's completely fine. Not an issue, though. And as far as um, song choice, what's your uh, what what would you say would be a good intro song for the, for the start of the show? Just a sample, uh, or at least just a sample from a song. If you there's a specific part of a song you like, uh, I reckon "Indecipherable Sermons of Gloom" um, off our album "The Decaying Lot." That's uh, 
there's a section in that song particularly where you know it's got a sick sort of dissonant riff and then it slows down again and i think that's like you know a pretty cool section it's probably one of my favorites that we've done so yeah Yeah, i think if you go with that that's a safe bet safe bet for an intro and um as far as just to uh to close the show up what would be a, a good uh good track to picture the credits are rolling what's a uh what's a track for that one uh, I would probably say the end to the song Invocation in the Cathedral of Dust. I think that's like a pretty cool sort of ending. It's pretty epic sounding, so that'd be cool for some credits. Yeah, cool. The uh, the 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 dramatic walk away scene at the end, sort of thing, <laughs> like in like in a- yeah, walking away from the explosion with your back to it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, man. Well, um, that. That brings us up at time. Let's do some um, plugs. So where can people find you and uh, get your merch and all that sort of stuff, man? Uh, people can just search Disentomb, D-I-S-E-N-T-O-M-B, on Facebook or on Instagram. Um, we've got merch stores through Vicious Instinct Records through Australia, Indie Merch in the US and Empiricon in Europe. And we'll be playing Canberra Metal Fest at... Um, at the basement on January 15 alongside pod people and psychroptic. And, you know, it's going to be our first proper show in more than half a year. So where we've been practicing a lot, we're pretty keen to get back out on stage. And I think it's going to be a pretty um, sick one to catch. Yeah. Awesome. man. it will be, it'll be a great gig. Um, just even the bands that I've been able to get onto the, sh- the show is, um, is like an awesome lineup so there's a lot more on there all the lineups and announcements are on there i'll put links to um to this and tomb's social media um in the in the episode show notes so make sure you check that out and um i also usually do a like a giveaway um as part of the show now what sort of uh what merch item would you say for a giveaway um that so what i usually do is i purchase the merch from you and then once somebody um like enters in the competition by sharing the show if they win i send send the merch out to them what items would you like to uh to for me to to get for that man i reckon um just a we've got flags at vicious instinct records they're based out of brisbane so um yeah we've got some really sick flags um you know amazing designs um on really high quality merch so i reckon that'd be the best bet yeah cool man well uh you heard it here if you want to uh, get yourself a decent tomb flag make sure you uh look at the competition details below usually it's just a like and a share put you in the running to win one of those then i randomly select it and send it out to whoever wins six sounds like a good price yeah no it'll be a great price man i might end up buying two um and one will go out to the uh listener and one will appear um, in a in a later show behind me. Um, yes, appreciate the support, man. But yeah, anyway, thanks heaps for being on the show, man. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to catching you at the basement for uh, Canberra Metal Fest. Awesome, man. I really appreciate your time, and can't wait to catch everyone in Canberra. Cool, man. All right, take it easy. Yeah, catch it.